dude, these time zones are killing me. I like, uh, I was on the West Coast and I was back in Hawaii. And now I'm in Central Time, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> I almost screwed it up by an hour. I had to, I, to be honest. I came back to my computer an hour ago just in case I'd screwed it up, and you were both sat here kind of waiting for me. No, you didn't screw it up. It was just me. So thanks for joining us on episode three. Uh, I'm here today with Pep, of course, and we have three people from the Squiggle DAO here to talk about squiggles and what they're doing over there with the DAO. We have Nifty Fifty, Sam, and Finkel Squiggle. Welcome, everybody. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you? Good. Excited for the podcast. And good job with the Bob Mises interview. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that went well, I thought. We are interviewing him for the Squiggle DAO podcast coming soon uh, next week. Nice. I was hoping to get, I mean, I'm actually really curious to learn myself about how you guys met, how you guys, you know, who founded the Squiggle DAO, how that came about. I do remember being a part of it early on just because I I know like my memory is that I had a Squiggle. Somehow I saw some, maybe in the Artblocks Discord, I don't remember where I saw something about the Squiggle DAO. And then basically it was like, oh, if you join you know, early enough or whatever. And if you have a squiggle, you get a thousand squig tokens. And I, I was, you know, being a DJ and I'm like, oh, that sounds something I want to get. And so I joined it way back then. And then I, I honestly didn't participate much, you know, throughout most of it until recently. I've been using some of your guys' tools, like the website's really awesome. And when I've been in the market for looking at new squiggles or just kind of learning more about all the traits, um, I've really gotten to love the, what you guys have created there. And so I um, figured I'd reach out and just hopefully, you know, educate a lot of other people about kind of what you guys are doing, why you're doing it, and kind of what you see for the future and that kind of stuff. Sounds perfect. Do, do you have your harmonic yet? No. <laughs> you know, Von, Von Misi is talking me out of it, and he's still talking me out of it. He, like, DM'd me the other day after listening to the pod, and he's like, I didn't mean to, like, diss on harmonics, and then he, like, proceeded to diss on harmonics more. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, That's interesting. That's hilarious. I think they're very, they're very nuanced. Uh, geeky collector level uh, trait. But uh, anyway, I'm still on the market, but I'm looking, you know, the market's kind of slow. So I'm hoping maybe I can get a deal one of these days. Curated just bought one. I, I was wondering if that curated one was a steal. Like, did that person even know it was a harmonic or, or, cause that was pretty low. I didn't, I didn't check that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my guess is that they put a, I don't know the details, but it seems like they just put a, a decent bid, which was definitely a better than floor bid for a ribbed. And the person looks like they just took it immediately. Now, I don't know if they knew it was a harmonic, in which case it would definitely be worth at least a little more than 14 ETH, which is what they paid for it. But uh, good good for Curated. They're on the ball. They they like love squiggles a ton, obviously. Always getting the good deals, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if, if you guys, I don't know who, how, how long have all of you guys been together working on the DAO? Was there one of you that joined first or who actually started it? How did, how did it get created? So the story goes... It started late March, early April 2021. So when Squiggles were like six months old, something like that. Um, five founders, and they are all busy with their own their projects. It was Jess from Seed Club. It was um, Jonas as well that is involved in Flamingo and other projects. It was Carlos, uh, Quick Rider, and Greg. So five founders, they are not, not actively involved. But I joined, I, I saw, I was involved in some other DAOs already as a active contributor, paid contributor. And I saw the opportunity of being in a DAO since day zero. So that's why I bought my PFP Squiggle for 0.69. I joined since the first meeting to see what, how were people coordinating themselves with this new, like maybe not being paid or maybe getting paid in tokens. So I think it was uh, an interesting experiment for me. And two years or two and a half years later, uh, here we are. So are you, did you kind of take it over from them? Is that kind of what happened or? So I started being involved and then as due to me doing the, the big research, I took over acquisitions and we started acquiring some pieces behind the scenes because we thought not only they were valuable, but also interesting. We are trying to build a, the biggest and best collection, so quantity and quality of squiggles. And we want pieces that can tell a story, not just buy hundreds of floors. It's cool to have a big collection, but also that we can... Uh, now we are planning a couple of exhibitions for this year that we can take someone to the exhibition and explain a story that is interesting and, and there is something something more to that. 
And what happened is this SAM joint, finger joint, Archideus, our dev joint. And early this year, we had a big reorg. And we are the four ones that are leading the, the DAO, each on our different projects. I'm leading finance acquisitions, NFT, DeFi lending. And though I'll let the others speak for themselves. Great. And, and just for our listeners, this is Nifty 50 talking. Um, and the other two here are Sam and, and Finkel Squiggle. So that is interesting because that's sort of what I would have guessed. It seems like whoever created it initially maybe di didn't really know what they were going to do with it. And it didn't seem like it was doing a lot for a while. And now all of a sudden it seems like there's all kinds of stuff happening. So that, that sort of makes sense that, you know, there's, there's people now that are, sounds like moving in a new direction. And um, my understanding too, is that with the token, you guys are getting rid of the token and you're going to replace it with a membership NFT. Is that correct? Yeah. We're, we're going to be doing a swap of, the ratio is a thousand to one, so a thousand squig tokens to one squiggle down NFT. And uh, we there's a there's ten million tokens overall, and it's going to end up being like a ten k collection. But about sixty, I think it's like sixty eight, sixty three percent or something like that is in our treasury. So the majority of the tokens are in our treasury, and there won't be any new sales. So only the current holders of a thousand squig tokens will be able to swap for this NFT part. So will you mint the other NFTs to the treasury or will they not exist? They'll just stay in the treasury. We're not going to swap them. They're just going to stay on the treasury to give us like optionality. But overall, just having an ERC 721 gives us a lot more optionality and things we could do and be more creative, right? Rather than like a token. Also, you can like add yeah. art to it and there's so much to it. Yeah, I, I definitely like that idea better. And um, I imagine there is... Was a regulatory stuff? Was that part of the issue too with having a token? Or yeah, um, so th that that's a big issue as well. And and we've actually had everything ready for for a token for the past eight months. So like the art has been done, the contract, the swap page, everything has been done, and we've been doing the whole legal setup. And that's what's delayed it to this point. But now that we finally have all the legal stuff out of the way, then we're going to be able to swap hopefully in the next coming weeks. Got it. Got it. And then if you, let's say you had like, like I I have a thousand, but let's say you had 1300 or something with those, with those extra 300 just become useless if you don't sell them between now and the redemption or, or can you even trade them right now? Yeah. So, so they're not useless in the sense that the swap's going to be open for a long time. Right. So there's no rush in swapping. Obviously we encourage everyone to swap. Um, the thing with those is we asked the DAO members to like for the DAO to basically decide on that topic and. It was decided that we don't want to be doing any kinds of top-ups or anything because it's diluted to the members. So the vote was if you have any extra tokens, you can just go Uniswap or any like DEX and then you could just swap them there. Makes sense. Yeah. And what just out of curiosity, what is one squig worth these days? One squig token? I'll give this to Nifty and give you exact numbers. So the a thousand tokens to swap for the what's the most people are trying to buy, the full ERC-17 to one equivalent uh, is trading around one ETH on Uniswap, although very low liquidity. And one thing that is fixing this NFT membership card, besides being more relatable and making more sense for a for a generative art collective, is that the, the liquidity issue that a lot of people were complaining, we cannot buy, we cannot sell. Now it's fixed because it's tradable on OpenSea and all the marketplaces. So that's going to be fixed. And the value for token is around, yeah, you can see there, it's around $4 per token. It's trading a little bit below that value, around $2, depending on the day. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, and that was the initial d distribution, right? Was if you had a squiggle in your wallet. And I, I don't know if it was, like if you had two squiggles, you didn't get 2,000 tokens, did you? I think it was just, if you were smart, I guess you could have spread out your squiggles and gotten 1,000 per wallet. At the time, I only had one. So we did an airdrop for every Squiggle holder, a thousand, and then people were donating Squiggles to the DAO, and in exchange they were receiving some tokens, and we got 250 Squiggles approx in two donation rounds. So it was a different time back then. It sure was. Yeah. How many Squiggles do you guys own in the treasury now for the Squiggle DAO? So right now I have the treasury in front of me. We have 330 in the permanent collection, and then we have others that like five or six more that come from defaults that we let them stay there for a while. Because for example, the other day, one uh, borrower that defaulted on the squiggle came back after a couple of months and said, hey, 
I feel awful that I defaulted, that I lost my squiggle. I even have this note from Polaroid signed. I would love to buy it back from you. So we are the yeah. guys we we make made a deal with with that person. So that's why we keep those squiggles out of the permanent collection for a while. But now in the permanent collection, 330. And the first 250 abrocs, as, as I was saying, they were donations at that time. And the squiggles were below $1,000. They were between 0 0.3, 0 0.6 during the first year of the DAO. So people were donating $700 pieces to, to the DAO in exchange for some tokens. So we were, I guess, all experimenting and just trying new, new models. If you want me to add the, the full story, how do we bridge from 250 to 330? We raised $8 million uh, late 2021 at a $95 million valuation. With those, we were telling investors the first million is going to sweep the floor. That was a great betting process for investors. The ones that were loving the idea were aligned with us and now are part of our, our investors currently. And those that weren't liking the idea are, are not here. So that's great. We did that. We swept the floor for the first million, and then we were deploying some funds for those targeted acquisitions. We acquired around 40 pieces that are those uh, different trades that, that you can see on the, the SQLDAO website on the Trade Explorer. And that's how we bridge to the from 250 to 330 approx. Got it. I don't, I'm not sure I totally understand that last part. So were people investing ETH and then... USDC. USDC. What would they get in exchange for that? Four Squig tokens. For Squig tokens. Okay, got it. Got it. And I mean, obviously, Squiggles have appreciated a ton since you guys started to acquire them. And then you, didn't you also just get 50 from, or 25 or 50 from Snowfro? 25, yes. We had three mints. One, I, we were discussing this in the in the Discord today. The first mint was five in April. The DAO just started. And one of the five pieces that he minted for us was our Hyperbolt 9139, which was like crazy. We were like, speechless for a few seconds when we saw the piece uh, popping on the screen. And then he minted another two rounds of 10 for, for us. In one of those rounds, we got another hyper. So we think that the squiggle gods really love yeah. us. Wow. So let me uh, let me see the hyper. Is the hyper bold, you said? 9139. Yeah. 9139. Let's see that one, uh, Pep. That's, how many hyper are there? Seven. Seven. Seven oh. hyper Four hyperpipes, so we are talk, talking alien rarity in in squiggles. Yep, yep, alien CryptoPunk alien rarity. There's nine CryptoPunk aliens. So I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the highest on-chain sales ever was Von Mises sold one of these for over a million dollars. Yeah. Well, the highest I have is a hyperbolt selling to a high to a very popular Tradart collector for two point nine million dollars, nine forty-five ETH at the time. That was the pico top of the bull market, but it's 2.9. Wow. That's the he highest squiggle sale ever. Wow. So do you agree with uh, Von Mises and I said the other day on our pod last time that, uh, I forget the number, but the uh, the white ghost uh, hyper rainbow, uh, what it was probably the best. Like, like which what squiggle is better than that one? Any any uh, candidates? Well, it's tough, tough. Uh, question for sure. One of my favorites might be, I have two that I always like to mention, and even the numbers are cool. A Hyper Slinky is 1177. I love how you just know all these numbers. It's great. The shape. Oh, yeah. Like almost perfectly balanced. The colors, I, I think it's a great one. And then my, I would say that the grails of the collection are the colorful normals. And 1116 is the highest color hue count in a normal squiggle. That's Longest segments possible in a squiggle, so it's 20 segments. There are 30-something of those. I have the number, but 30-something of those. It's pretty rare that finding a squiggle that long, and it's a color spread five. So you are finding 801 color cues in that piece, and the shape is pretty balanced. I, I think it's a an ultra grail as well. So how many squiggles? Have, we'll get into this further, because I'm sure people listening are like, what the hell are you guys talking about? How many chromie squiggles have 20 segments in color spread five? So... Two, just two? Two. 20 segments. I am going to check in one second. 33 with 20 segments that are the longest possible. And it's visually pretty easy to see. And with color spread five, just two. We call those two rainbows. And they have eight, not hyper rainbows, that just rainbows. 
And we think that ah, those okay. colorful normals are grails in, in the collection. Like if you think of a squirrel, you think of a, a really colorful normal. Got it. So let's let's dive into some of that stuff because, well, first I'll just say it was an honor to be around in the punks discord when uh, Snowfro was coming up with squiggles and he would share them with us here and there. And I'd like to say I was contributing, but I really wasn't because I just didn't quite understand it. And I remember Von Mises and probably Danny Seedphrase and Nate Alex and some other people really were contributing and they were, they were talking about all this stuff. And I remember thinking, like, I just didn't really understand it. I didn't understand generative art at the time. And I, I, I thought this was great that he was doing this, but, you know, I just had no clue, like, what it was even going to turn into. And, and so I know some of this was very intentional. And I know how Snowfro thinks and he's very into collecting and he's he's very into all these details. He loves colors. But I also wonder, like, how, how much of this was a happy accident? Like, the end product is is really amazing when you really start to geek out on it because there's just like endless things you can geek out on. And you could spend, I mean, it sounds like you spend a lot of your time doing it already, but you could you could spend weeks and weeks looking at all this stuff and coming up with different squiggles that are really cool for different reasons. And um, there's very few collections, if any. I mean, CryptoPunks are kind of like that. And I know that's in a way what inspired this, but there's very few things where, where, where that's the case. Yeah, to totally agree. I, I think it's a collection where you can spend two days and you are going to learn new things. And two months or even two years later, you're going to still be finding some new... This is like the perfect treasure hunt collection. You're going to still find some new special pieces and special combination of traits that make a, a piece special. So I, I think it's pretty cool. Something that I like to mention is that the Snowfro was working on this since... 2018, so it's a product of refining that algorithm for two or three years and putting together all his experience with generating those gradients and working with colors into one collection. And I guess that's reflecting on, on the depth of the collection. What he learned when he was claiming those punks and, and thinking, this is not fair that I get to claim all the zombies from working with color gradients and, and all that together, fine-tuning during a couple of years. I think that's what creates a, a, a beautiful collection. And now we are talking with some artists and they are, that's what they are saying. Like those Ringers Fidenzas collections, those collections where the, the artists had the time to work on them for months or, or years. And now we are, some, some of them are trying to create a little bit faster and they are realizing that it's not possible to create that quality in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What? This is a bit of a tangent, but I did want to get your guys' opinion on art blocks in general or NFTs in general. But I, I do get the sense when I see yet another curated come out every however often it is, um, it just seems in a way like just buy a squiggle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these new products come out and some are better than others for sure. But part of me just thinks there's too many and they seem too similar. And like, maybe I'm completely naive, but it just seems like, you know, after a while, it's like really another thing that looks like uh, you know, colors and lines and shapes, like, like, like how many more of these can they keep doing? And I worry that the market's just going to get totally saturated. I, I, I see the point and, and it, it's funny that this guy is choosing violence today. <laughs> <laughs> no, prove me wrong, please. I, I would love to hear a I, counterpoint. My, yeah. my counter argument is that between or amongst all of these projects, you have a memories of chilling, you have an anti-cyclone, you have a, Fidenza, those like diamonds that pop up here and there. So you have to still be paying attention because there are some really special projects. And for example, Anticyclones is pretty recent. So there yeah. be still the next X happening. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I don't actually want to be true. I, I just, but I don't think, the reason I said that is I don't think I'm the only one who thinks that, right? So I think a lot of people probably have that reaction. And I mean, not all projects are going to be winners. Do you think some that come out and get kind of lost, do you think they have much of a chance of later getting recognized and getting more popular? Or do you think they'll just kind of be forever kind of buried as like the lower end, you know, curated project that never really got any attention? We've seen cycles and, and something interesting we saw the other day, I forget the name and, and sorry, because I would love to credit the person that created the article and the study that was seeing how every Arblox curated mint perform 
since the day of the mint. Mm. And of course, the early ones were all in massive multiples, but the towards half geometry runners, I, I remember being one of the top of the top. Yeah. Be, around that time, those started to be like mixed uh, results. But uh, something that I was paying attention was if you minted at 0.2 or below 0.2, 100% probability of being profitable, which is something interesting. So even the the less the least popular the less popular projects at the right price are gonna be gonna perform well financially, and and some of the best projects, whatever the price, are, you are gonna be making money. And I'm the finance guy, so sorry to focus on the numbers. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, let's be honest. A lot of people are are thinking about money. I mean, we love to collect, and and that's part of it. But also making money is part of it. And and even Snowfro will freely admit that, right? Like it's not a secret. And along those lines, I would say, you know, we're always looking for alpha in the sense that I think that's something that's kind of fun about Squiggles is you can, even now, I think you could become a master of the collection, which would take a lot of time to get your level of knowledge. But, you know, you could, you could even find some that have a pretty, a pretty good likelihood of later becoming more valuable relative to other Squiggles because of things that you recognize that you feel like no one else has recognized. Like, like it's a kind of hiding in plain sight if you just do the research. Yeah, there's very few projects that are like that now, right? So it's kind of cool to like that, like the treasure hunt idea. You know, it's still there. Like, uh, there's still things to be discovered about this collection, which is one of the things that makes it so cool. A hundred percent. And not long ago, colorful normals, we were saying these are like really special. Some people in the community were, of course, agreeing and, and buying those, but the premium, some, sometimes you could buy colorful normals at the floor. And right now, when there are big, Quick moves, you can still see Slinkies at the floor, Day Zeros at the floor. So as you were saying, there are still opportunities to buy special pieces at, at the floor or at reasonable premiums to the overall floor. Yeah. And on another note, you know what? I went to the Marfa gallery, not for like the, I happened to just be in Marfa for another reason. So I went by the gallery and it was a really cool experience. Uh, for, for people that don't know what I'm talking about, there's an Art Blocks gallery in Marfa, Texas, which is this random random town in West Texas, which is really hard to get to. It's a three-hour drive from the closest airport. And um, it has a real kind of cowboy slash artist kind of weirdo vibe going on, which is purely Texas and how it all came about. And um, it's a really cool town and they have this gallery there. There's also Glitch Gallery, right? Or Glitch Marfa, which I didn't go to because I didn't know it existed then. I think it was just coming into existence. That's Derek's uh, project. So definitely check that one out too. But there's an art blocks gallery there and they had, you know, there's really cool, I guess they're Samsung frames or something. And they had some uh, anti-cyclones and until, and I always knew what anti-cyclones were and I thought they were cool, but I never owned any. And until I saw them displayed, I never fully appreciated how cool they are. And, and I think those in particular look really, really good on a display, even a really big display. And it was funny the the lady who works there. I forget her name. She's super nice. And she actually, I helped her cause she had, she had a mislabeled and I actually realized that some of the ones that she had were wrong and I helped her like redo them. And, uh, I spent a lot of time there that day. It was, it was super fun. But my point is, you know, once these displays become commonplace, they're not now, I, I do think we're going to look back at some of these art blocks projects and say, Hey, wait a minute, this looks phenomenal displayed you know, on a screen, it doesn't look that great, you know, on a computer screen, but on these wall displays, it looks so much better. Um, and that might, people might get reinterested in some of these things that, you know, that are out there now. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Totally agree. I think we are used to seeing those pieces probably on the computer or even on the phone. And when you see a piece printed or in a, in a big screen, makes a whole difference. Some things that I remember is Jared, Jared Post, uh, a shout out to him, a big member of the community, Collector's Corner host as well, and, and he has a, a fund. He told me that when he saw Folio from Matt Deslauriers, if I'm not mistaken, it was one that created an impression on him, and Snowfro was saying the same about Mibits, coincidentally. So that when he saw them in a, I don't know if it was a big screen or a big print, he realized how detailed and and art they were so that's why he bought the full the full set of mibits so that's interesting two very different collections but as you were saying what once you see them on, on a big display 
can make a difference. I actually think I think Fidenza prints look better than Fidenza digital. I'm yeah, I totally agree. Two things I'm in love. The Shopify founder has a Fidenza on his living room that looks mm. outstanding. That's pretty cool. Toby Lutke. And then uh, Michael Buhana was showing some prints before the Sotheby's auction from 3AC. And those pictures were excellent. The, the, the pictures of the spiral Fidenza, all wall, bl uh, black walls and the perfect lighting and, and a, in a huge size, those were incredible. I sent out a tweet. Um, I, so I have a Fidenza print I actually sold by NFT, which I'm kind of bummed about. It was kind of like one of my worst sales ever, but whatever, I sold it. And um, I sent out a tweet the other day and I said, you know, how much do you think a Fidenza print will be worth compared to the NFT value in 10 years? And I said, the choices were over 50, uh, 11 to 50 or less than 10. And overwhelmingly, everyone said less than 10 with a few loud objectors, but most people said less than 10. And I strongly disagree. And I don't know if everyone realized that you only get one print. So like there's one print made of mine. I sold it and I still have the print. You can't get another print made. It's an official print signed by Tyler and numbered by Tyler. So that's what I'm talking about. So there's only going to be a thousand that could ever exist. And especially with this collection, I just, I feel personally like it'll approach the value of the NFT. That was my opinion. Uh, I definitely, I'm more towards your side than the the rest of the people voting because I think the owner of your NFT for sure will pay more than that just to get the matching print. So I, I think it makes sense that they are worth more, more than that. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It's sort of an issue where let's say you're you're looking on secondary, there's no way to like sort Fidenzas that already have a print claimed versus those that don't. I mean, you can I think you can manually manually put each number into another site. Uh, so I guess that wouldn't be that hard to do, but um, you know, there's something there where when you have it tied to a physical, how do you know if it's been claimed or not easily? Like you can't tell on OpenSea. Yeah, uh, I'll jump into on uh I find it interesting too what you're talking about because even this goes back to what Nifty was talking about earlier with, um, you know, we did a loan with someone who had a signed print of their squiggle from Snowfro and just having that physical thing tied to like the digital, you know, thing that they own as well, like made it more like they, they couldn't let that squiggle go when they defaulted on the loan. So like, I need this back because like I've got the digital that goes with it and it's signed by Snowfro. It's got this actual physical connection to it. And I think that that makes a big difference when you're a collector and you're, I don't know, just has that such more of emotional investment in the piece that you have when you have that physical to it. Like I've thought about printing, I don't have any NFTs worth any real money or anything, but I've thought about printing some before. And I was like, man, if I print this, like this changes the game in terms of like how I feel about this piece in my collection now. It's like, you know, it makes a big difference. That's true. I have an MP cause, I have a tectonics and I have the, I, I bought it, you know, a primary sale and then I got it, the print and I have the print in my house and it kind of makes me not ever want to sell the NFT, you know? Uh, so yeah, and it makes you definitely feel more attached to it. I think I'd love to bring up a squiggle pep, just bring up a random squiggle. And I want you guys to take me through how to analyze all these different traits. Um, if you don't mind, bring it up on OpenSea because I think that's just like a more generic way to look at it. And um, let's just pick one and then click on it and then we'll look at the... So if we go down here, so this is Squiggle 285. So right off the bat, what does 285 tell us? Does that tell us it's a day zero, day one? Correct. It's a day zero. Those were minted up to midnight UTC of November 27, 2020. There are 542, which means ends in ID 541 because squiggles start at number zero. Okay. okay. What's the first number that's not a day zero? 542. That's the ID. 542. If you see 541, it's a day zero. What's the total number of day zeros? Trivia question. It's 542 because it's including ID zero. Got it. Yeah. Whenever you include zero, it makes all the math hard. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so then scroll down. So that's the first tidbit. Look at the number. That tells you something. And then... As far as I have a little trouble reading that. Uh, so the color direction, that doesn't seem to be terribly important, correct? Yeah, that's not doesn't make a huge difference. They, they are pretty balanced forward and reverse. Nothing big from there. And 50-50. Now, color spread, 
And that kind of ties together with steps between. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah. So color spread is, I like to explain it as the distance between colors. So the shorter the color spread, the more quickly those colors are going to change. Goes from 5 to 50, except for hypers that are 0.5. So 10x more colorful than the most colorful normal spectrum squiggle. From 5 to 50 means 5 more colorful, 50 more monochromatic. This one is in the middle. So it's halfway. And for example, color spread fives are as rare as hypers. So we are talking about 120 something color spread fives. And color spread fifties, the most monochromatic in the collection, are pretty rare as well. There are 30, 40. Okay. And then don't you take, can't you take the steps between and divide it by the color spread? And so the formula steps in between is type dependent. So 200 steps is going to be fixed for normal rips and bolts. Then slinkies and pipes have 50 steps and fuzzies have 1,000 steps. How do you calculate the number of color hues in a squiggle? You multiply the length of the squiggle, the segments, times the steps, which is type dependent, but we, you divide that by the color spread. And then you add one for the starting color. That's the total number in color, of color hues in a squiggle. Uh, cool. See, I didn't even know that. I mean, I sort of like, I sort of intuitively knew that, but I didn't know the actual calculation. So what makes it even cooler is, so click on levels. Uh, so when you're on OpenSea, you can't just look at the traits. You have to click on the levels, which for most things are kind of meaningless, but for squiggles, they're not. And so that'll tell you in color, segments, and start color. So segments is what you were referring to, and 20 is the most. 12 is the least, I think. Correct. And I, I thought segments just meant like how many bins there are in the squiggle, but it doesn't seem to correlate. So what exactly is a segment? So segments is the length of the squiggle. If you see a squiggle with 12 segments, it's shorter and they look pretty clean. Those with 20 segments are much longer and much more complex and interesting. They are more like sh the shape is a lot more, more complex. By common sense, the longer the squiggle, the more color hues will fit. Mathematically, we are multiplying times segments. So the longer the squiggle, the more color hues we'll, we'll have. So on average, if you're looking at fuzzies, they have a thousand steps between and so they look you're going to see more colors in general on a fuzzy than a regular correct that's yeah that's exactly it and on the opposite side slinky some pipes have 50 so slinky some pipes are always more monochromatic the one behind you is that one a 20 segment yes yeah i, I was just lucky okay. because i was buying around the floor at the time and yeah. it's I, I was lucky that it's a 20 segment that's cool See, when you geek out on these things enough, you can just look at that and know it's a 20 segment. That's what I'm talking about when we talk about like, there's so much to know. It's kind of like when you look at a punk, if you looked at it long enough, you can just immediately tell like if it's a, you know, a valuable punk versus a floor punk. You don't even have to look at the metadata, right? When you start recognizing um, chokers, that's where you are. Yeah, deep. yeah, yeah, chokers. So I actually found like with punks, I, I put it in my little guide I wrote a long time ago, but there's one little pixel on the neck that separates males from females. And uh, before I realized that, I remember asking a few people, like, how is it you can tell a male from a female, but like, you don't really, like, what is it that makes the difference? Like, there's something, but what is it? And like, before people actually looked at it, no one really knew. And then you just take a close look and then you realize it's literally one pixel. That's pretty funny. But stuff like that is fun to geek out on. And then let's talk about in color and start color. And that applies to rain, perfect spectrum and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So perfect spectrum defined by Bob Mises. So credit to him is when, so there are 256 possible colors, a perfect spectrum is exactly a squiggle with 256. So it's displaying every color exactly once. No color is missing, no color repeating. Then there are 22 of those. Let me double check so we can give the exact numbers. So 23 perfects. And then he went one step ahead or farther and he said, if it's close enough, to a perfect spectrum within 1% of 256 colors. That's pretty good. That's very good. And he called that full spectrum. Then community adopted those, started valuing those, and Snowflow added those to the official metadata. Oh, he did add that to the official metadata. Correct. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. So that's pretty much, we kind of went through all the traits. Yeah. Anything else we needed to cover there? Comments. What we yeah. do with end and starting color steps, color spread, and everything is looking for twins as well. So when we look for twins, we are looking for two squiggles with exactly the same metadata, mm -hmm. except the type. So we want 
same color spread, same starting and ending color, same yeah. segments. So a, a twin, but maybe it can be a normal and a bolt or two slinkies or whatever. So that's what we where we use those starting and ending colors. Are there triplets? Just one set of triplets. So um, we have, it's pretty cool because we have four owners of twins. We donated one to Snowfrost, so he's the fourth of owner of, of twins. There are a total of um, 171 pairs, and some of them are listed around the floor, so that if someone is on the hunt, can complete the pair pretty cheap, and just one set of triplets. That It's a pretty weird set because it's two ribs and one normal, but mm. they are they have exact same metadata, so it's pretty cool. So I, was good, I guess that answers my next question, which was, so you can have the same type and have two twins, but they obviously aren't identical. So I'm curious what those two look like, how they how they differ. It's the shape, I guess? Yes, the shape, correct. Yeah, yeah. The shape. Even different types, we consider them twins. So if we have a bolt and a normal that have the exact same starting and ending color, uh, uh, segments, color spread, everything is the same. And I can give you, for example, a cool pair, maybe let's try 2676, and 858. Eight. And while we're doing that, what the hell is height? Height is nothing or so what does that mean? We spent too many hours trying to find out what was the height and we couldn't find any visual difference. The thing is, every squiggle is height three with the exception of 43. Let me double check. 47, sorry. And there are 47 oh. that we call them dolls that are height four. What's the difference we couldn't tell visually, so that is just is just a metadata rarity, and we confirmed with Snowfro, and JDH also spent a lot of time on that, and this just looks like a rounding thing of the metadata or something like that. So oh. it's not, yeah, truly a number and nothing else. Correct. Yeah, interesting. I like that. It's kind of a funny little curveball because I just figured I didn't. I was too dumb to understand what the hell height meant, but I did spend a lot of time myself looking at different ones and not understanding any difference. So same. And it's interesting because they are going to score super high on any rarity ranking that doesn't oh. understand what's going on. Yeah. But th- come on, this is well beyond any rarity rankings, this uh, collection. But those aren't going to work on this. Yeah. Um, now, what about shapes? Do you guys have names for shapes? Like That kind of looks like an M to me. Yeah. We have all kinds of... So we have letters. We have M's, N's, W's. We have animals. We have lognets, monsters. We have worms. I can give you examples if you want. And also, we, I, I'm building lists for the ones that look good, look, uh, would make a good uh, email signature. We have released something that we call SqueakSick, where people can add in a verifiable way their squiggle to the email signature. And it's verifiable by via the, the DAO that's in, in yeah. squiggle.com. So people are adding, and we are building a list. This is a good candidate for a good squiggle signature. So, yeah. If I if you want, I can give you some examples. Also, some that I I'm pretty passionate about are those ribs that are almost blacked out, grayed out, or or white. I think it's pretty cool to add to a very colorful normal and the six types and the hyper uh, to add, for example, a rib that is completely blacked out that shows no color and it's just a shape. That I, I think it's a great addition for any big collection. Can you show us one of the black uh, ribbed ones that you're talking about? For example, let's see, maybe 495. Let's see if I, we are lucky with this one. So it's not completely, but almost blacked out. Uh, let's try 937. Oh, okay. So I don't see any color on that one right now, unless you look closely. Like right in the yeah. And I then is it matched? Are there any harmonics uh, like that? Just one perfect black is 290. I love how how Nifty just knows all these off by heart. It's amazing. I love it. It's a superpower for sure. So, and again, a harmonic. Explain a harmonic. So, a harmonic, besides being one of Scully Nelson's targets uh, recently, <laughs> he's a ripped that the rip color exactly matches one of the 11 background colors that are preset. As some probably the audience will know, Squiggles half can change background colors from white to full black, that goes from 0 to 255, uh, on jumps of 25, with the exception of 225 jumps to 255, full black or white, one or, one or the other, one of the extremes. So if one of the preset background colors exactly matches the rib color, the rib disappears when you change 
the background to that color. So it's a, a pretty powerful feature. And there are just, uh, Scully, you know the n number? 36, 37. Check. Harmonics. With the new mids, there's maybe 38 with the 38, new correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. recently two, so 38. And there was one that was one off, I think. Yes. So, for example, ghosts, what we call ghosts is pretty close to a perfect white. There are just four perfect whites, so perfect harmonic ghosts. But if it's one or two color hues difference, the eye cannot tell the difference. So we still call them ghosts as well. Got it. Got it. And this one's really cool because it's a day zero. It's number 290 and it's all black harmonic. Uh, so that's a pretty special one. I wonder who owns, do we know who owns that one? Nope. I don't, I don't account. Yeah. Bring up 957. This is my, this is my pride and joy. Oh, by the way, I did the squig sig. It was cool. Nice. It actually, it, it uses delegate cash. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah. So I, I uh, set up delegate.cash, which I guess is now called delegate uh, by FUBAR. I set it all up just so I could do this. I mean, I figured I would use it for other things, which I will, but this kind of finally got me to do it because I didn't want to connect my Grail wallet. And so I set up um, on, I had, you have to connect your Grail wallet once to the delegate.cash site. But after you do that and, and delegate things, you don't ever have to connect it to anything else. So, so any new project that uses delegate.cash, you can just use your delegated hot wallet to, for example, make a squig sig of your, one of your squiggles that you own or, you know, claim airdrops and that kind of stuff. But this is, uh, I got this one a little while ago. This is my favorite that I own. I really think it's special. I agree. But I think colorful balls yeah. are trading at crazy premium. So we see balls diverging. The ones that are less colorful and maybe the shape is not super clean are trading at, let's say, 25 ETH, something like that, 20, 25, somewhere around there. And the real colorful balls, it's they are pretty difficult to find and probably impossible below 50, 80, 100 ETH. And for colorful, the audience want, wants to know the cut. We normally like be a color spread below 10. Mm -hmm. And this one's, I believe, 8, 8 or 9. I forget. Yeah, I it's eight. 8. Yeah, so I got this one over the counter. I'm not telling you how much I paid for it, but yeah, it wasn't cheap. And uh, because the market, the reason I got it over the counter is there's just, there was one for sale for 90. It's still listed, actually. I think it's a color spread six or something. It's crazy. It's a good one. But um, yeah, I, don't, I didn't pay 90. I'll tell you that. But um, other than that, there were none available. And like uh, you just, even the few people I tried to reach out to, you know, they didn't want to sell them. And so that, it, it's interesting how there's so many squiggles out there that just aren't on the market at all. And we saw the other day uh, the highest collection with diamond hands squiggles that the highest collection of the highest percentage of pieces that never traded season mint. Is that who this probably has some influence <laughs> on that number? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the uh, like I said in the last spot, I don't want to be too repetitive, but there's several wallets that have a shit ton of squiggles, and they don't sell any of them. So it's pretty interesting. It's crazy. I I think it's crazy that they went from twenty dollars to twenty thousand dollars and didn't sell any. I, I think it's visionary level. Yeah, it's not very good money management, to be honest, but uh, they either have a shit ton of money, they don't care, the person died and it's a dead wallet. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, there's a few explanations out there, but what do you, any speculation on what some of these wallets, I mean, literally one of them has a thousand, right? Yeah. 9.99, the, the biggest one. Any speculation on what you think they might have in store for those? Like, like some kind of museum thing or any ideas? No idea to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is a, if you're looking at this economically, that's a potential downside. Like there could be all of a sudden someone who just dumps a ton of really, really good squiggles on the market. But I think that would just be temporarily, I would love that because I could maybe get a, get one that I've always wanted for relatively cheap. And then I don't think long-term it would hurt at all. And, and that happened with one big owner that just wanted out of the collection. Um, and that's where we got one of the most special ones, in my opinion, together with our Hyperbolt and many others. But that's number 71, which is a double digit, one of the top 10 most colorful normals in the collection. And we got it wow. for $9.99. Whoa. When did you get that one? A year ago, approx. It's yeah. February 20. I don't see the buy date there, but I think a year ago or a year and a half ago. And I remember because I was in an airport and I we built a bot to track specific pieces. I got the ping and it was the, the fastest 
airport to home ever. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Another thing, like, as you were saying, it's like, oh, what do these larger awards end up selling? But if, if you think about it, they've had so many different opportunities to sell. And the fact that they haven't even moved, like, you see some of the larger walls that haven't moved a single squiggle, I think that's quite bullish. So I just, I, again, to your point, it's either they don't need the liquidity or they just believe in this so long that they just want to keep it maybe as a generational wealth, right? Pass it on their families or whatever. But I, I think we've, we've seen enough, like, through the top of the market and now the bottom. And now it's like, if they haven't sold yet, I think that says a lot. Hopefully it stays like that. But I, I do think, like, if you notice, there's some certain stats like once a certain amount of the collection, say like the twenty percent of collections on the top ten holders or whatever, and it doesn't move, usually that's when it like strength, like it creates a. I don't like explain it because I need the exact data, but it basically just the collection becomes a lot stronger, and it just goes into these diamond holders that they just don't sell, so which is a good sign. And Squiggles has been there for quite a while, so hopefully it remains like this. And that's similar to Bank's distribution, which which has worked really well. I, I don't think you need a lot of distribution. You need, you need the right holders. Yeah, I think I, that's a good point. I mean, I think the Punks distribution is what, like 3,000, something like that. Uh, Squiggles is what, similar? Similar, yeah. Yeah, tw 2,900. So that can be considered a negative. Like, it's funny, like 4,000 is probably worse than, or 5,000 is probably worse than 6,000. But... 3,000 is actually good. Like, like it's kind of funny. If you look at these collections, like what I just said is probably true. And, and I think it is because you reach a point where it flips and it goes, well, yeah, it's bad to have huge bag holders until all of a sudden it's like, wait, but this is actually held by people who believe in it so much that they're never going to sell until, I mean, they'll probably sell at some point, but like their target price is a lot higher than where it is now. Exactly. And that's, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, and and it goes back to like there is no utility, so people buy this out of like well, right. as the financial side is also something that we can't ignore for a lot of people. But when you don't have utility, you're not expecting anything, and then I think that just makes you happy to keep the peace. Whereas if you expect all these utility drops, whatever, and then you start noticing it's not what you want, or you paid a hundred thousand dollars to join a membership club that gives you a free T-shirt, then I think that changes your whole perspective on them. <laughs> Fanny pack too. You can get a fanny pack sometimes. Um, the one other thing I just I just learned this the other day from there was someone who posted something on harmonics that was really good. I, I think you might have shared it with me in the Discord, but I, and I wish I could tell you offhand who it was. But it was a Twitter thread on harmonics. Actually, I don't even think it was a Twitter thread. I think it was on a uh, like not a Substack. It was a uh, Substack. yeah, that was me. Uh, I was uh, a Deca gallery with uh, Jessa. He uh, he did a great Deca gallery explaining deep dive into harmonics. If you ever want to share a resource on that, I can share it with you. But uh, yeah, that's a yeah he did an amazing job um, describing and, and diving into harmonics. Yeah, so I would just recommend anyone listening who wants to learn more about all this stuff because it is kind of complicated if you're new to it. Just go into the Squiggle Dow Discord and um, ask questions, and they will be answered. And there's lots of resources. But anyway, what the thing that I learned the other day, which I can't believe I didn't know this, is that Squiggles, so you you if you're using a MacBook, you just push your mouse or whatever to get it to move, and then you click the space bar to go through the eleven shades of colors of the background, and then you can do the up and down arrow to increase or decrease the speed of the color change. And that's the I just learned that part the last the other day, the up and down arrow thing. I didn't know you could change the speed, so that's pretty cool. Now, are there any other things I don't know about the about interactive squiggles that you can do? I don't think we are missing anything. I just wanted to mention, related to what we were talking before about the big screens, that all these Hardblox pieces are resolution agnostic. So no matter how good the TVs or the, the digital displays become in the future, they are going to still adapt. And no matter how big you want to display your piece, they are going to perfectly uh, be displayed. So that's something that it's interesting. That's, that's really cool too. Yeah, I think I had heard that before, but um, that's obviously super important, I think. Now, do any of you guys have the infinite objects squiggles? So I have one and there are people that love them, but I prefer my prints. Maybe I'm no. now this the, the counter, like I'm being the contrarian here, but after the full day looking at the screens, I, I feel like having the, the piece on your wall creates one, creates a, a deeper connection with the piece and you can enjoy it more and two, 
looks better than than digital. Still, lots of love to to all the teams trying to do the digital displays. So I'll talk you out of that one. I I well, I don't have a print, so I can see it behind you. I mean, that's not a great representation, but I can see how that could look really cool. But um, I have one of the infinite objects. I wish I could show it to you right now, but I'm, I'm not at home. But um, it, it's really cool, and I I really love it. And I love how like every time I look at it, I smile. And I eventually want to have, I have five squiggles and I want to have five of those made. Um, and you can select the background color. So that's kind of why I wanted to get a harmonic. I think a harmonic would look really cool in one of those. I loved that idea of having five, like, or building a typeset, one of each type and the rip yeah. being a harmonic with the background matching. That's a great idea. Yeah, I remember talking to Justin Trimble a long time ago and I wanted to get one of each type. And he said, Hyper Rainbow is going to be obviously pretty hard. And I missed out narrowly on getting one of those. And then I kind of just let them all go. And I, I don't particularly, so I, anyway, I have I have them all from pipe. I don't have a pipe, but below pipe, I have all the different types, uh, except for a ribbed, which I'm looking for. But um, I don't love the pipes. I mean, they're really expensive because they're rare and they're interesting because they're very different looking than the others. But just aesthetically, I don't really like how they show the colors. Curious what you guys think. I like them. But that's not no surprise, I guess. And and something <laughs> interesting is that they are very monochromatic, same as Slinkies. Right. So you can find a almost perfect blue pipe or some of the most colorful pipes. For example, let me give you the most colorful pipe number is eight five four one. That has like the most colorfuls that you can see on a pipe. I, I think either the stream more monochromatic or almost rainbow pipe, they look pretty, pretty good. See, I don't love the shape of that one. The colors are cool. So but, um, what about the hyperpipe, Scully? Yeah, let's see the hyperpipe. Which one is that? So that those are the four more rare in the collection. And yeah. I can give you a number. So there's four of them. There's four of them. Let's try 5280. You got to see it moving. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously pretty cool. I still like the Harmonic Hyper better than that one, I have to say. But that one's pretty cool. That's very I, cool. And I was having some conversations recently with people that were like thinking about buying, like not really firm buyers, but they were just checking prices and the market situation. And the sellers really were thinking that this is goose level piece. Mm. We were going back and forth because for me it's difficult if you apply the multiples from the overall floor that you can see in an alien to a hyperpipe, you get around 2,000 ETH. So it's difficult to justify goose level prices. But still, mm -hmm. if one of these moves, it might be like record-breaking price. Yeah, there's just no volume on these high-end high, high -end ones, right? Just the hyperbolt that that Tradart collector bought for 2.9. That was the, the record. That's the top sale. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, so what do you guys have in store for the DAO? I, I think uh, you guys are about to launch your own podcast, correct? What are the goals for that and what like how often are you going to do it? And what's, yeah, tell me more about that. Yeah, we have a few things. So one of the things that we've been trying to focus is like, what does the community want? So we've just been listening to our community. Like SquigSig came out of the community. Squiggled out curated traits came out from the community, which... So that's what Nifty was in the core of the community, right? Trying to help find these and like credit Nifty for finding these. So the podcast was another thing that was mentioned by our community. So we have that coming. We have a lot of really big guests, and I think it's going to be quite good. Uh, Nifty and JPOS are going to be co-hosting it. Um, and then we also have, I guess, a little bit of alpha. We have an NFT project coming out later this year. I can't say more about that, but I think it's going to be quite unique. And yeah, and our swap is happening as we speak. We're finishing up a some of the admin work. And then within the next few weeks, people are going to be able to swap, which also allows people to join the DAO much easier because you just go on OpenSea, buy the squiggle DAO NFT, verify on Discord, and you're, you're officially a member. So yeah. And then I guess the two other things we, what we could mention is that we're going to be in Marfa and our basshole giving out squiggle DAO t-shirts. And I've been dying to what our other... We're giving out, we're doing like a raffle of another product and I've been dying to tell everyone, but Nifty has been keeping it in secret, which is good for, for the right time, but. Cool, I can't wait to find out what that is. Join us in Marfa, Miami or our Discord and you might get one, but it's pure fire. And Sam was the one behind those pieces. So it's, it's really cool what we, are, what we have coming. 
And yeah, what's the what's the kind of overall purpose? I mean, I think I know what it is, but the overall purpose of the DAO at this point in your guys' mind, why does it exist? So I, I always like to say that we like to collect and promote. Within Collect, building the biggest and best collection of squibbles. Promote is supporting the community, supporting the art, supporting Snowfro. And that's what we try to do. As Sam was saying, we try to listen to the community. If they are something is getting traction like the Squiggle Seek, we try to build it. If they want loans, for example, as we were uh, doing that, we were giving when the market was going a little bit down and it, we were seeing signs of distress in the market, we were giving loans uh, for a year on a squiggles below 10% APR. And, and people were thanking for us. One community member used a few loans to put the down payment on a home that he's buying. So super cool stories. And, and that's how we see ourselves, like working for the community and for the art. Yeah, I, I think another, I think what Nifty says on point and a few other things is, if you look at the strong, the biggest collections, like Autoglyphs, Punks, and Squiggles, they all have a like, specific DAO supporting them, right? And even though they all operate pretty differently, at the end of the day, having this DAO supported, it's almost like we're like a marketing agent for the collection, right? So we're trying to push it forward. We're trying to buy tooling for it. We're trying to bring new members like Nifty has brought, I think single-handedly 50 new members, but like people buying squiggles, not even members of the DAO, just like buying squiggles. And we're building this community that keeps like just iterating on different ideas that end up coming up with different products and uses of people, that, like things that people like. So I think it's just like, it's just a big engine and support behind it, right? Because obviously Snowfro, it, it's hard for him to just focus on squiggles because he has our blocks, right? And he has so much going on. So it's really nice for the DAO to be able to support him however we can and the collection. And I think that has just built a community. Like it just made the community much stronger. So I, I do think having DAOs on specific collections, if done right, are very uh, net positive. It's a pretty inspirational kind of Web3 story, right? Like you hear DAO all the time and I've been in a few DAOs and honestly, most of them are, are kind of worthless. Like they mean well and they just don't really pan out. And I guess even this one meant well and didn't really pan out for a while until you guys kind of turned it into something different. And um, I think this is exactly how it's supposed to work, right? Like you're you're doing something, you, you didn't create Chromie Squiggles, but you have the support of the founder, but but the founder is not behind it, right? Like they're, they're not doing all the stuff, you guys are doing it. And you're doing it kind of next to, to him. And you're able to create value on your own for the collection and for yourselves or for the DAO by doing all this because it's, you know, distributed, it's decentralized. And, you know, it's, it's just, I think it's really cool. It's a really cool example of how a DAO can be something fun and useful. We appreciate that. And it's honestly great as well, because at the beginning, basically last year at the beginning of this year, you would just see people selling left and right their tokens and just want to get out. And now it's the opposite where people can't find where to buy the token. So I don't think that's a pretty good indicator and yeah it, it, it is great and i think the biggest thing for us it's just listen to what people like the community so it it is not that hard like we just have to keep our ears to the ground see what people talk about twitter see what our community members and then just work on that i mean and i and i do think the setup that we built it's like you have a very strong community you have a very strong core team and you have a very strong supporters and founders so then it, it's all like a circle and I think it's worked quite well and then we just execute on everything needed and yeah also like any input anyone listening to this like we're more than happy to hear that awesome well keep up the good work and i'm, I'm looking forward to what you guys have in the near future it sounds uh, sounds exciting i think we're about uh, at, at at time uh let me know if, do you guys have any other questions or anything else you guys wanted to add before we uh before we break no nothing on my side and i appreciate you guys having us and anyone listening as well yep thank you for having us for sure. Yeah, thanks for coming and good luck with the podcast. Uh, I'll be listening for sure. Thanks to care. All right, I'll go with. Um, I think it's an interesting episode. Like, I, not that I'm not into squiggles. I think squiggles are cool. I don't have any squiggles and stuff. So I was, I was yeah. before we started recording. I was a bit like, I was wondering if you were because yeah, I know you're not as into them as I am and as those guys are. So I was wondering if Pep's over there are like snoring in the. No, no, no. I think <laughs> I think I, I do aspire to own a squiggle eventually. I think I need to be a bit more. As I just I get panicky when too much of my liquid money is tied up in one yeah. second i think you need to be able to like sit on it for like 
well for years like 10 years 20 years or whatever so unless you get if in the next bull run you get a three million offer for one i'm sure you'll sell it but right the smart voice in your head is always saying do you really need more nfts yeah yeah yeah. i think in my case i do i think it seems that we're not going to hit many more fresh lows i think stuff that's bottomed is bottomed and i probably should be buying more nfts than i have been yeah i think squiggles have shown just from a market perspective a super they're super resilient right like they've yeah, everything's gone down, and even they've gone down from all-time highs. But they've they've held up really well. I mean, um, the last one I bought was with the the um, Infinite Objects, which was a Venus over Manhattan uh, thing where they displayed it at their gallery for a couple months, and then you could buy it on auction, and they were all the same price. They were, oh, I think it was some kind of auction mechanism where, oh, they came up with the price of the floor price at the day of the auction or something. So anyway, it was ten thousand dollars at the time, which I think was probably close to 10 ETH. It was when ETH happened to be really cheap. So it might've been like nine ETH. So in ETH terms, the floor hasn't really changed in a long time and just fluctuating with the price of ETH. And so anyway, I bought one then, and I think that happened to kind of be at the bottom, uh, but that was sort of just by luck because I was going to buy that no matter what the price was. Something interesting that Nifty hinted at that I think we've kind of, we've discussed it before on, on the old pod where when ETH really tanks, like if you get like a real sharp sell-off at any point, if you've got yeah. fresh USDC and you can acquire ETH, yeah. the new price to buy a squiggle, that's when you should leap into action because for a brief window, there's really disjointed prices and that can work out really good. And it also can help with taxes because you're selling your ETH for a lower value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're in the US at least, I don't, I don't know about the UK, but like even if you're like, well, who cares? 10 ETH is 10 ETH. If the US dollar price is a lot less, that helps you from a tax perspective yeah, because I'm you're sure. selling that ETH. But anyway, let's not talk about taxes. <laughs> I got some chicken wings waiting for me, so I'm going to go eat them. All right, cool, man. All right, I'll speak to you soon. All right, have a good one, Beth.